Well, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon for people all around the world. My name is Dr. Avi. Welcome to the Authentic and Unfamous show. This is the live first airing, first episode of the Authentic and Unfamous show. So welcome to the show today. Uh, we're shooting from our pop-up studio in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia today, which is uh, really, really exciting. I'm super excited to be here uh, on the show shooting this, this first episode. And I just want to talk a bit about um, what is it we're doing today? Why are we having the show? What's the purpose behind the Authentic and Unfamous show? So let me just give you a bit of an explanation before I begin. I also want to welcome my special guest here today, uh, Vishal Yogaratnam, young millennial lawyer. Thank you, Dr. Avi. I must say it's my pleasure to be on the show. Great. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, it's totally awesome to, to have you, Vishal. And I'll talk a little bit more about Vishal's background shortly. But really, the whole purpose of this Authentic and Unfamous show was something that you know, we wanted to do that was just really real, okay? So there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that's frankly quite bullshit. And, and we're, we're really we're very much in this society that's all about, you know, following the celebrities, learning from what they do, you know, um, adopting their behaviors and imagining that that is success and that's the reality of success. And, you know, I've had so many conversations with uh, a lot of my celebrity friends uh, also, people on the ground day to day that are not celebrities, who are just regular people, who are fantastic people doing great things in the world, um, and they feel disconnected, right? We, we're yeah. living in this society at the moment where, you know, we're more digitally connected than we've ever been, right? We're super connected on social media, on TV, on our computers, on our iPhones, but at the same time, we're missing out on meaningful connection and, and meaningful truth. And a lot of the time, we're talking about the superficial things when we get together with our friends, but we're not actually discussing the deep truth about you know success, life, love, family, and all the important things in life. Yeah, and, that's very true. Yeah, I wanted to you know have this show really to correct that. And the reason for Unfamous was because I didn't feel the need for us to really just bring in famous people to the show all the time, although we could really easily do that. But I wanted to bring in successful people, people like Vishal, who are successful in life in terms of where they are in their lives right now, but not necessarily famous. So, you don't, you know, Vishal, do you have one million followers on your Facebook profile? Uh, not even a thousand at the moment. Not even a thousand at the moment. <laughs> so he's got a way to go. But that's the point. He doesn't have to get, you know, a million followers to be successful in life. And that's one of the things that, you know, the whole um, yeah. the Instagram movement is, is trying mm -hmm. to portray out there. And yes, it is necessary from certain aspects of business. But I think what we want to do today is just show some real truths coming out uh, and sharing them with you. So uh, a, a few things that I want to ask you to do as you're watching the show, feel free to post questions, say hi. You know, this is an interactive show. And uh, also, please share this. So if you're enjoying the show, if you're find some wisdom bombs, as we call it, yeah. uh, come out on the show and you want people in your family, your friends, just click on share. I'm not quite sure exactly how you do that, but I'm sure there's a share button somewhere that you can just you know, click on share or forward to your friends. Actually, I've just seen an invite friends at the bottom left. So uh, this is a total experiment for us as well. Uh, and I'll just give you a bit of background as to how we came about with uh, creating the show. So it was about a year ago that actually Vishal and I were having a, a conversation yeah. Um, at a wedding and uh, Vishal was you know coming up with all these questions and challenges around um, around life around success and we were having this conversation and, and discussing it as a as a talking point and what ended up happening was Vishal just did this amazing thing and he said Abi why don't you come and do this talk 
for you know a few of my friends. So I thought I would show up um, at this you know tiny small room. There would be a you know four or five 21 year olds that you know just wanted a bit of mentorship. And Vishal you know hired this whole massive room with about 60 people from doctors to you know senior executives to people in their 60s and 70s to kids in their who were teenagers. And and the crowd was amazing. It, it set this whole thing up with pull-up banners and everything. And we did. We talked about a lot of these um, discussions around success, life, love, and, and so on. And do would you believe it? We we did it. We did a two-hour session. At the end of the session, this guy comes up to us and he says, um, "You know, uh, my daughter asked me to come to this talk, and she said to me, uh, look, I don't know. You know, I think this guy's really interesting. Come and do this talk.'" And Vishal was. Uh, part of hosting that, and he comes up and he says, uh, "You know, uh, I, I said to my daughter, what's he selling?" And uh, and the daughter said to him, "I don't think he's selling anything." <laughs> and he said to me, "Sure enough, he, you did not sell anything after two hours, right? It was yeah. purely an educational exactly. session that we did." And uh, he then said to me, uh, "I am a reporter for the Star newspaper, which is a national newspaper, uh, and I want to write an article about what you guys are doing." And sure enough, he did that. And uh, the, the, the first piece of work that we did around this space uh, made it to the national news. So um, this year, Vishal and I thought we'd do it in a slightly different format, do it on Facebook Live so we can share with you some of those very same truths from that session, but some of the new things as well. So I'm going to stop talking a little bit and <laughs> hand over to uh, Vishal here. So Vishal, is um, there's a few things I want to share about uh, Mr. Vishal Yogaratnam. Uh, number one, he is in his 20s and he's already a lawyer. He's very successful. One of the key things that I've observed about Vishal that's very different is his presence, right? So if you are uh, in his company, you will note that this man is a very intelligent young man. He is fully present. He is highly um, integrous, or if that's a word, he's a man of high integrity. And I think in my, in my book, that makes him a successful person because he has a lot of the values that I didn't have when I was... Uh, his age, so uh, you know, I think he's he's wise beyond his years. Um, so I wanted to throw to you, Vishal. You know, yeah. what's going on for you in your world, and what what do we want to talk about today? Well, um, something I'm I like to start off with is a, a basic question that a lot of me, my friends, and fellow peers go through. Uh, this word is thrown around almost every other day. You see it on magazines, you see it in interviews. They are, everyone speaks about mindset. Now, the first thing is no one actually knows what, what a mind is, where a mind is, everything. And now the, the question that comes into play is how do we set the mind or what, what do they actually mean by saying you've got to have a proper mindset? Because you look at people like Steve Jobs, uh, Jeff Bezos, even Kevin Hart, for instance, they all say one thing. They are all saying that you've got to have the right mindset to achieve success. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a mind, you know, the, from the beggar on the street to the billionaires in the country, everybody has a mind. But... How do we cultivate that right mindset which will drive us in the direction to achieve our goals? Mm. So they say there are practices that you can follow, things like meditation, uh, waking up in the morning. Some people even say being vegetarian helps to improve your mindset. But everybody has different practices and routines that they follow. So is there like um, a guideline that people in my position who are just starting out their career, working up the corporate ladder, is there something that we can follow to set our foot onto this journey of achieving uh, success for themselves. Yeah, I think, I think that's you know, something that um, we don't just ask ourselves when we're in our 20s or starting off our career. It's a question that we keep asking ourselves, mm. I think, throughout our whole lifetime. You know, and I think when we look at um, 
the people that um, are very successful, some of the people that you mentioned, and, you know, I talk, uh, you know, listen to a few talks with um, Ted Turner, um, uh, you know, billionaire Ted Turner, uh, Bill Gates, you know, a number of books that he reads every yeah, year. I think it's yeah. in excess of sort of 20 books or so every year. Part of the mindset that's successful that I found is a continuous learning mindset, mm. right? So that is a mindset where we're always learning. We don't, we never actually have all the answers at any point in time. Because at whatever stage of life you are at, there are new challenges. Yeah. You know, if, if you're growing, if you're constantly growing, and one of the keys to happiness, and my friend Anil Gupta was this, you know, um, a real global expert on happiness and friends with Richard Branson, this is the three G's that are secrets to happiness, right? Um, the first one is to give, right? And that is to continuously um, uh, sort of be charitable, mm -hmm. right? To be generous, to actually give your time, give money, um, serve others with, with um, the time that you have. Uh, the second G is to grow, right? And one of the things that he said is the key to happiness is to continuously have, um, uh, or continuously learn, mm -hmm. to continuously challenge yourself, to continuously um, uh, be out there trying new things. So you're you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, trying on new challenges as they come. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. You know, it, it's really interesting. Uh, one of the things that I find is that, you know, a lot of us assume that, um, that you know, if we don't have any challenges mm. at all in life, then we're really comfortable and we're really happy, right? Yeah. But the truth is you find, and this, this happens a lot when uh, I speak to people who have retired because I work with uh, a lot of CEOs and so on that are already in their 60s and, mm. uh, and, and are retiring. And for those people who have approached retirement and don't do any work at all, are absolutely depressed, yeah. right? They don't, they're, they're really, they're sad, they're depressed. And a lot of them, once they reach the 70s and 80s and they don't have a purpose, if they don't have an activity that they can engage in, some people actually die. Oh man. Right? They actually feel like they lose their purpose and they deteriorate. Yeah. Now, I don't have any sort of any, you know, research evidence to kind of support this. I'm sure there's some out there. But anecdotally, and from all the successful people that I've read about, mm. the fact that they continue to have something that they engage with, continue to have a challenge. It might not be a huge challenge, it might be a small learning or creative opportunity mm -hmm. that allows them to grow mentally, that allows them to also give and serve people, that I find is one of the keys to you know, fulfillment and happiness as well. I see, I see. So it's the fact that we constantly got to challenge ourselves because by challenging ourselves, we are also improving ourselves and taking ourselves to the next level of things, isn't it? Yeah, and some of us are naturally driven to want to do that, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people is, you know, I think uh, one of the, the companies that um, I've sort of had interactions with a company called Mind Valley, and they were telling me about you know, a few years ago, the personal development market in the US was growing about 18% a year. So it was really, you know, huge levels of growth in terms in America, where a lot of people now are trying to self-improve uh, along the lines of this personal development yeah. uh, piece. Because there is some truth around uh, continuously improving yourself and growing yourself. We see all the books, we see all the Robin Sharmas and, you know, yeah. and all these different experts and gurus that are coming out there with personal development secrets. Yet, at the same time, I think there is this, um, this fallacy where just reading those books alone mm -hmm. is going to make you happy and successful, right? You've got to yeah. go out there and actually do something different. Put in the work. Uh, put in the work yeah. and, and, and do the challenges and embrace the challenges mm -hmm. for you to actually feel some kind of fulfillment. 
Um, one of the things, and I think this is a point that you're going to touch about, is you know what are you doing it for? If you're trying to grow, if you're trying to achieve success, what are you doing it for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what what are the goals that you're seeing people in your generation want to achieve? Um, so basically, everybody just wants a fat paycheck at the end of the day. Besides having a nice <laughs> car, a big house, everybody wants to be financially stable. You know, because in in this day and age. Uh, as materialism does play a part. We need money to survive, whether they like it or not. But then you have people who would say things like, you know, don't chase money, just, just do what you love doing and, and everything will follow at the end of the day. But then it's hard for someone who's like in my age, starting our career, if we're just solely looking to find our passion because we need money. Mm. I, I, won't have, I can't be able to drive to work, fill up my car, petrol, buy myself lunch if I didn't have the money. So I have to do something right now that's going to make me financially stable before I can look onto venturing to other things where my passion actually lies. Mm. So I think that's one problem that everyone is doing it. So you, you'll have people who say, look, I want to be a, a famous rapper, but that doesn't pay the bills, especially here in Malaysia. Mm. So, so they, they end up doing something else. Maybe they get into uh, IT, become a code, someone who does coding yeah. just in the meantime. So they look at it. Okay. I'm going to be a coder for the next five years. I'm going to build a good model. Then take that money, set up a studio, and go into full-time rapping. But what happens is, after the five years of being uh, in that IT department, they just feel like, oh, you know what? I, I don't think I want to do rapping anymore. Because maybe they got married, they have children, obligations build onto them. And then they start thinking, no, now it's too risky for me to go into that. You know? yeah. I got to stay into this. Yeah. So like you said, they don't want to challenge themselves. Yeah. So they're staying back. But that's also because there's a certain amount of fear because they feel that if I go into a whole different part right now and it doesn't work out, there's so much on the line for me. I have my wife, my kids, my family, all depending on me, so I can't take that risk. Yeah. But then, uh, just yesterday I was watching this video, uh, Denzel Washington, he gave a speech in a graduation ceremony, I can't remember actually which speech this was, yeah. uh, but he said that to achieve success, one thing you gotta do is you gotta fail. Yeah. You gotta fail hard. Mm. Like, I mean, failure is part and parcel of everything. If you can't accept failure, there's, there's no way you're going to grow from that. Yeah. So just go out there, fail, get back at it, fail, get back at it. Yeah. And eventually, you know, things are just going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, 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 so many, there's so many things I can add to that. I mean, I agree everything with 100% with everything that you said. I mean, you know, it, so when, so I trained as a doctor, you know, as, you, as you're aware, and I kind of, um, and, I, and I left clinical medicine which yeah. is a big thing because I spent most of my life wanting to be a doctor, mm -hmm. um, spent the five years, trained in the UK as a doctor, worked as a doctor for uh, a couple of years and then realized that, you know, I couldn't see myself for the next 30 years practicing in clinical medicine, right? Sure. I wanted to do something different. And my dream, um, you know, I wasn't quite clear on what my dream was at the time. You know, I was probably, you know, a few years older than where you are now. Yeah. And, um, and so the only reality that I knew was I need to try something different, mm -hmm. right? And when I sort of did something different, I did an MBA, got into the uh, corporate world, there's a master's in business administration. I got a distinction in that. You know, the, the, the lecturers would kind of say, hey, you've got to get, you've got to be, get into business, you'll be a captain mm -hmm. of industry one day. I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, but, you know, I said, oh, yeah, I'd go into that. And then, you know, as you're probably aware, I kind of left that and gone into the film yeah, industry yeah. and I tried different things. And one of the things I found is I failed a lot, exactly. right? I failed a lot. And um, even today, I'm still con continuously failing all the time. But then I look at what Richard Branson says and, and so on, and, and, and he says he fails a lot too. And I think, hey, I'm on the right path <laughs> to success because I'm yeah. a huge failure, you know? 
Well, I think one of the things that I realized is that uh, over the years, um, you build this resilience muscle, mm. right? You build this resilience muscle, and yeah. that resilience muscle um, goes something like this. It, 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 it's, a, it's a part of your mind that when people reject your idea, or re you don't take it so personally, mm. right? When they reject your idea, you don't say to them, hey, that's not, you know, they, they're not having a go at Avi per se. Yeah. They're, they're having a go at that idea, and that's an opportunity for me to try something different. Right? Maybe I need to improve the idea. Maybe I need to improve the solution. Um, and this happens to me a lot as an entrepreneur. When I first started out my first business in video production, and I created this um, uh, mobile phone film festival, which is something yeah. totally crazy in, in Australia. You know, uh, we got uh, people in Australia to shoot films, and not just Australia, but all around the world to shoot films on a mobile phone. Right? Mm. And I've gone from high-paying corporate executive job at Pfizer, you know, yeah. sort of six-figure salary to basically no salary, <laughs> no income, doing some crazy idea, getting people to shoot films on mobile phones. People are like, what are you doing, man? You're like this doctor, you're like a high-flying guy. What are you doing this for? No, you just know? on your mobile yeah, phone. Yeah, just really on your mobile phone. Like, you know, and I look back and, you know, and, it, and, and basically I had to go out there and get sponsorships. I had to go to company and try and get sponsorships to try and get money for mm. this festival. Yeah, yeah. My success rate, when I measured it, when I measured it, I had to, I had 30 no's for every one yes. Mm. 30 no's for every one yes, right? And sometimes the no's from a particular TV channel or so on would take me one or two years to get the no, oh, right? It would actually, I would be out there pushing those proposals for one or two years before I got to the right person. And then they would say, eventually after some chasing, not this year, mm. right? Yeah. And you know, it was a horrible <laughs> kind of uh, time from a, a business perspective, but it was the most exciting time to do something on my own, mm. to create my, my own dream, my own idea, see it come to reality, have yeah. my own business. So to live the dream, you actually have to go through the pain. I agree with that. Yeah, but people are scared of the pain. Yeah, because failure is a bitter pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, you you got to take it, man. No matter what it is, mm -hmm. it's the only way you're gonna learn and improve yourself because that's what we want, you know. Yeah, and you know, I see that. You know, when when Steve Jobs when he did a, a speech at uh, I think it was uh, Stanford, uh, Stanford graduation, Steve Jobs did this speech and he was um, talking to the, the whole audience and he was talking about his success and career path. Yeah. And he started to say, talk about how he kind of dropped out from university, mm. but he still had some credits to go into certain classes. Yeah. And so yeah. one of the classes that he went into was calligraphy oh, writing. I've heard right? of this. Yeah. yeah. And so that calligraphy writing course, because he was learning coding and stuff like that, that calligraphy writing course made him learn about design, right? Yeah. The fonts, what goes into a font, all the different types of fonts, mm. the different mm. aspects of design, which he knew nothing about which became fundamental to yeah. Apple's success as a computer company. Yeah. Because back then, computer companies were just building boxes with green screens. And, yeah. and you know, when, when Steve Jobs came along and built Apple, he was like, well, let's make it a little interesting. Let's make it a little sexy, yeah. uh, which you know, was a concept that no one ever knew about. And what he did say you know, at the end of that talk was that you, know, um, you, connect, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. Right? So everything that you do in your life has a meaning mm -hmm. and a purpose. But sometimes you can't determine that looking forward. It's only yeah. when you look back and you go, ah, 
That's that why that happened. Yeah, that that's why that happened. That's why that was interesting. So yeah, me shooting yeah. stuff on those stupid mobile phones, <laughs> you know. But you know, it was super exciting at the time, and it was a very successful festival. I can tell you, after two years, you know, people were saying, "Well, how how did you make it so successful?" We had YouTube as a partner. Mm. We had Channel Eleven, a TV channel, as a partner. Within two years, which is you know something really unheard of. And now my skills, you know, in knowing how to use production. All those kinds of things yeah. means that I know how to experiment with things like this. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get a message out to people to help them with, you know, health and well-being and mental health, which is what I'm really passionate about now, yeah. um, and the patient experience, I can do that and and create uh, and use social media very effectively. Mm -hmm. So I think if people are out there are kind of thinking, oh, I wasted my time doing that particular piece, or I wasted my time doing that, you know, you can't predict the future. You don't know where that skill might come in handy yeah. sometime in the future. So just appreciate and be grateful. Uh, and that was the third G that my friend Anil Gupta was, uh, you know, happiness expert was talking about, yeah. is gratitude. Mm, you know, the third gratitude. G is gratitude. It's just being very, very grateful yeah. for everything that you have. Counting your blessings, you know? Counting your blessings. Waking up in the morning, gratefully got a roof over your head, yeah. hot food on the plate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And, and, you know, he, he said to, you know, when I was sort of feeling down about something in a challenge, and I called Anil up one day and I said, you know, Anil, I've got this particular problem. He said, Avi, uh, what can you be grateful for right now? And I said, no, man, life is shit. I don't know what I, I, don't know what I can be grateful for. He says, look at your hands, right? You've got two hands. Mm -hmm. Thank your hands. How much have they done for you today? You know? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got two hands. Because I know one guy who's pretty famous, uh, but, and he's only got one arm, you know? Uh, and he's an amazing speaker um, and, uh, and, and a good friend. But you know, we've got two, you know, and there's so much more we can do. So yeah. Um, so what else has been a challenge for you, Vishal, these days? And, you know, it sounds like there's a lot going on in the in the whole millennial world. And I think the <laughs> attitude to life with millennials is yeah, quite different as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So like um, something else about millennials that we go through. So for instance, you mentioned Steve Jobs, uh, he dropped out of college, you know? Yeah. And then you have people like Mark Zuckerberg as well who dropped out of Harvard yeah. to pursue something that they felt that was the bigger picture and they were passionate about and they knew that, okay, dropping out of school, I'm going to be able to focus my time and dedication onto this project and this is going to, it's going to blow up and it's going to take me places. But now for someone, this, we break it down for someone who's, who's based in Malaysia, a, a kid who's going to college in Malaysia, he can't just wake up the next morning, go up to his parents and say, I'm done with uni. I've decided I'm going to go open a, a gelato bar because I feel that's where my passion lies. The next thing that's going to happen is his mom and dad's going to chase him around with a slipper and get him out. Because there's no way we can do that. I mean, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're an Indian or any Asian growing up in any part of Asia, you know that your parents only give you about four options in career. You're either a doctor, you're either a lawyer, you're an accountant, or an engineer. If you're not within the four, you, you get looks from your family, you know, they're like, oh, this guy, he, he did something else. He's not a doctor, he's not a lawyer or anything like that. They, they have this, this concept that you have to be in the professional line to succeed in life. But I feel in this day and age, anyone has the opportunity, whether it's a janitor or a school teacher or anyone, you have the opportunity to succeed. Yeah. So how would someone who's going through this struggle that they feel like they've been put into this part, but yeah. they, they're, they're not suitable for it at all. Right. They want to shift onto another part, but then they have these constraints from family, from finance and things like that, or even society. Yeah. So they, they fear making the move or they feel they're going to let down people. How would someone like that tackle this issue? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. I'm sure a lot of people out there are currently in that um, boat where you're kind of trying to figure out which way do I steer? 
yeah. in life right now, right? So I've got a whole bunch of uh, different options. So I might feel like I don't have mm -hmm. any option uh, in terms of where I want to go. I feel stuck, you know. And, and, and funny enough, a lot of um, a lot of doctors that I talk to when I tell them what what I've done in my career, uh, a lot of them feel stuck in their career as a doctor because you know, if, if you imagine the amount of investment you have to put in your life in terms of mm -hmm. study, education, yeah. uh, financial investment to become a doctor is huge. Um, and so if you're, if you're a GP and you're just doing that day to day and you're seeing patients, which is a fantastic noble profession and you know, my work with NHS, uh, I really help, you know, work with a lot of doctors and help them grow. But, um, that they feel particularly stuck, yeah. right? Cause the longer you are in your career, uh, that stuckness is really difficult to, to kind of break out of because you have, yeah, yeah. so you have your mortgage, you have mm. kids, you know, you have. All the these other, other commitments. Yeah. So I think wherever we are in life, there's always something that can make us feel stuck, mm -hmm. right? But I think the the thing that you know that that's really important. And there's one particular tool that I'm going to talk about um, that helped me a lot, right? And so um, you know, I, I believe that people are successful when they're living to their highest purpose. Mm. Okay, so when people are living to their highest purpose, they are the most successful. Uh, and for many years, as you know, I kind of deviated um, from one career path to another career path, right? So yeah. uh, film, uh, medical to filmmaking to, to so on and so forth. And I tried it. It was more organic. It was more, that's what I'm interested in. I'm going to try and do that. And I think one thing that was slightly different is that I, I try and overcame the fear. But I actually found the tool on, and this tool is actually on the internet, right? Um, and, and this tool is... Um, uh, a Japanese tool, oh. right? So the Japanese also believe that everybody needs to have or has a purpose yeah. in life, okay? And they call it the Ikigai, right? I-K-I-G-A-I, -I, the Ikigai, mm. right? And they actually um, created a formula for the Ikigai, yeah. right? Uh, and the formula is, the Ikigai is, is a Venn diagram of four quadrants, right? Uh, and the quadrants are, one is, what do you love doing, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What is a problem that the world needs solving, right? What, the third quadrant is what are my strengths, right? And the fourth quadrant is how can I make money from this? So it's four circles, yeah. right? And the ikigai is that bit right in the middle. I see. Right? So you are at your highest purpose and find your best value when you combine what you love doing mm. with how you can make money, with what are you good at, what are your strengths, and solving a problem for somebody else, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? What right there in the middle, if you do this exercise, that's your highest purpose. That's where you find the greatest happiness. That's where you can make the most money. That's where you can, uh, you know, use your strengths uh, yeah. constantly. So that you can go to, you can find this tool on the internet. We've also, I've also got it on one of my websites, uh, which I'll probably put up there uh, soon, but uh, that Ikigai tool is a free download. And, um, you know, I found it immensely useful yeah. because when you actually write down what you love doing and actually you match that up with your strengths, um, you can actually produce at a very high pace. And, mm. and um, you know, this guy, uh, Marcus Buckingham, and some of you may have read Marcus Buckingham's book, which is all about strengths um, and true strengths, right? So strengths are things that you're good at, but true strengths are things that when you're good at it, when you do them, you're actually in the zone. You actually feel more energized mm -hmm. when you use your true strengths than when you don't. I mean, is there anything that you do that, you know, you find you're in flow when you do it, your time just flies, you're really enjoying yourself? 
Yeah, well, when I'm in the office and then uh, my boss gives me an interesting case to work on mm. and then I'm drafting pleadings and correspondence and things like that. If I like it, I mean, I don't even look at the time. I start at 9 and next thing I know it's like 5 p.m. People are like, hey, you haven't had your lunch. Yeah. How long more are you going to stay in here for? Yeah. So I understand what you're trying to say. When you do what you love, it doesn't really feel like work. Yeah. It, it's more of this, uh, you enjoy spending the time, putting in the effort into doing something that you know that, that you enjoy. And at the end of the day, the, the end product is something that's not only beneficial for yourself, but is definitely helping someone out there. So I think the fact that you know that the work you're putting in is reaching out to people out there, helping someone out, it makes you feel good. Yeah. And I guess that, that's part of enjoying it, you know, why you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, what you want to do is actually find more opportunities where you can use your true strengths, mm. right? And that can be in your career, your nine to five job, right? Try and see if there are opportunities where you can shift your job to use more of those true strengths. So it sounds like some of your strengths are sort of analyzing cases, mm. understanding sort of the root cause of problems yeah. and the, the matching them with some of the legal requirements. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm imagining that yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of it, right? Um, and, and the more you can find jobs or work that align up with your true strengths, um, the, the more satisfied you will feel with those jobs, yeah. right? The other thing is also we, we tend to often confine, I'm going to talk about two things. Um, we tend to often confine those true strengths only to that 95 job, whereas we don't have to. Right, because we can have hobbies, yeah. right? And some of us do have hobbies where we can actually adopt or use those true strengths uh, in other creative pursuits. So, you know, you know that, you know, some of the things that I do is, you know, I'm starting to DJ a bit more now. Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of do creative work, I, I write uh, comedy and uh, mm -hmm. all these sorts of things. And those are some of my other strengths that I have that I can't apply at and adjust yeah. in, in my work, improving <laughs> hospital care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I did recently <laughs> a DJ at a hospital, oh, right. at the children's hospital, but that was, that was me actually trying to find a way to achieve my ikigai. Mm. So the perfect example, um, just for your background, um, I sort of started DJing a, 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 a few years ago, yeah. um, and I'm still you know, pretty much an amateur, but I wanted to find a way to use that that sort of creative, you know, what I love doing, which is playing music, uh, using my strength, which is, you know, being in front of people and, and, and workshopping things and educating, uh, with also serving people. So I, I never found the interest or I never found um, a passion for DJing in a club. Yeah. Just not interested, mm -hmm. right? I just didn't feel like I was serving anyone, yeah. right? Because what I'm really passionate about is helping other people with everything that I do. And so I ended up working with this charity, A Sound Life, which is our charity partner, and they actually have musicians um, and, and, um, and do yoga and meditation classes in, in hospitals and, um, mm. and charity centers. And so what they did is they suggest to me is, Avi, why don't we do a DJ workshop at one of the hospitals, right? Yeah. So we did that at the children's hospital, and the children loved it. It was amazing. I won't go into it because it might sound like I'm blowing my trumpet, but you know, it was, the children loved it, right? Uh, but that was a way that I could achieve my ikigai, mm. right? So I wasn't getting paid for that, but it was a way in which I felt very fulfilled because I was combining what I love doing with the music, some of my strengths, but also helping someone in that as well. So I strongly encourage people to go out and look for that uh, ikigai uh, tool, uh, which is a Venn diagram to actually find what, what gives you that, that highest degree of happiness. Yeah, ikigai, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, and um, you know, coming back to well, let me just uh, ask you. So, does that kind of answer your question, or? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, uh, it kind of gives me a guideline of what I should look for and how I should position myself and the things that I should look to achieve to get onto the path that I was looking to go for. Yeah. 
So yeah, I feel yeah that answers my question. The other thing that also um, is a, a kind of useful tool for people out there is uh, I've done this exercise called the Gallup Strengths Finder. So if you if you don't really know what your true strengths are, some people often say, you know, I think I'm good at uh, creative writing, but I'm not sure, right? How do I find out what my strengths are? There is a tool online by a company called Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P. Uh, the tool is called the Strengths Finder. Uh, and you can actually fill out this, this survey questionnaire. Uh, you've got to pay for it. I think it's like 30, 30, uh, 30 bucks for, if you want your top five strengths, I think it's $80 if you want to know your, your top 30 strengths or something like that. Uh, I highly recommend it. So um, you, you do this exercise and it tells you what your top five strengths are. You know, and, and I know what my top five strengths are. So I try and shift my job yeah. to align with my strengths as mm -hmm. well. So what I love doing, but also what my strengths are. Yeah. And in fact, it, it, at NHS, which is uh, my, my business, the company that I run, my whole leadership team, we do our Ikigai every year. All right. Right. So I get my team to do the Ikigai as part of their personal development mm -hmm. process um, because I want everyone on my team to live their highest purpose, be more fulfilled. And then we'll try and find a way to shift the jobs yeah. to line up with the Ikigai. As well, one of the things I will say is that sometimes people think that if you line up everything up with your ikigai and your strengths and your highest purpose to find your fulfillment, that it's all going to be easy, mm. right? Yeah, and yeah. that's the error because it is not, right? You still have to have things, you still have to have challenges um, that 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 are out there that actually can frustrate you. Yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. And sometimes you need to do the frustrating things mm -hmm. to actually achieve the success. You yeah, need to go exactly. through the failures, exactly. which are frustrating. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Failure is part and parcel. I mean, yeah. you, you can't get to anything without going through failure. Yeah. And yeah. all the successful people have gone through major failures in life. So, yeah. yeah. And you, you were talking about the hip-hop and rap thing, so you're really into that culture. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love R&B and hip-hop, but I got to say, times have changed, man. Like. Music has changed drastically from what hip hop was to what hip hop is right now. It's two different things. I'm not saying that it's bad, but people have their preferences. Like back in the day, uh, hip hop and R&B, it was it was very gangster. They yeah. always spoke about how they're going, drive-bys, shootings, that yeah. sort of thing, hustling on the block, you know. Yeah. But now it's just is this a repetitive beat, and all they speak about is about getting high in clubs, women, flooding the cash, and that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. So there was, I feel this, there was more meaning in the lyrics when R&B up back in the 90s when you yeah. had people like Biggie, Tupac, uh, Ice Cube, you know, the whole gang. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And what, what did that kind of thought you? I mean, you were talking earlier about materialism and having materialistic goals. And, yeah. You know, uh, it was a very important point. I don't feel like we sort of addressed that fully, which is, you know, the whole aspect of money. We need money to survive. We need money to live. Yeah. Um, you know, where are you finding that that sits for you at the moment? Exactly. So, you know, I've always been told by my elders, they tell me, don't, don't, never chase for money. Chase success and money will follow. And I completely agree with that. That is so very true because if you're not chasing for success, you're never going to succeed. And only from succeeding in something that you attempt, that's where you get your benefits, whether it's money, fame or whatever. But in this day and age, I don't think that we have... Um, when I say we, I refer to the millennials and yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, millennials are those born between 1980s to up to 1996. Mm -hmm. So if you're about 37 to 25, yeah, yeah. You, you fall into that group. Yeah. So the problem that we face right now is that because we are in a situation where we need money uh, for everything, we can't really do something that we're passionate about. Like I said, opening up a gelato store right now, yeah. I can't take a loan from the bank. 
put it all into the shop and if it fails i'm bust and then you know there goes everything i've let down so many people so like now i'm 25 i'm working as a lawyer i like my job but i love the money that i make from my job at the end of the day what i want to be able to say is i love my job but i like the money i make from it yeah. so how am i going to 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 transition from the path of of putting money aside mm. and being comfortable with just doing what i love yeah you know that, that's a really good question there's a lot of people that you know i've been through that journey many many times uh where i've sort of transitioned and then transitioned again and i i think it it is a balance there's no sort of one size fits all mm -hmm. uh for everyone okay so there's a different there's a different strategy for different folks um and um you know, let's just say you're doing this sort of full-time job at the moment. You want to try something new that's a little bit more adventurous, like opening up that gelato bar, <laughs> right? So a lot of people, what they do is they actually, the smart way to do it is to basically just do it on the side mm -hmm. whilst you're doing your full-time job and keep the cash flow coming in until you build that up to a point where that sustains you, right? Yeah. The reality is that that's often not that easy, exactly. right? It's not that easy. At some point, you have to kind of make choose it one. You, know? you, you have to choose yeah. sometimes, sometimes, right? Um, and if you have to do that, then it's really a case of just working out the financials, talking mm. to. I mean, I might sound like a freaking financial advisor right now, <laughs> but actually, this is this is just some of the practicalities of life, right? Yeah. Because sometimes we follow the dream and the passion, but we forget about the practicalities of life, mm -hmm. right? And you do have to, you know, if you're at that age where you know, you should be looking after your own finances if you're in your 20s and 30s, right? It's just work out, well, how much money do I need to survive for the next um, uh, one or two years if I don't get any more income, mm -hmm. right? And save that up, right? Have a behavior where you're actually saving up enough to pursue that dream, mm -hmm. right? So pursuing the dream is not easy or cruisy, right? Pursuing the dream is hard. I was talking to one of my uh, cousins who's the CEO and uh, I was telling her how I was like, failing continuously, we weren't making money for a long time. This yeah. was a couple of years ago. And she said, great, I'll be here living the dream. And uh, it just it just clicked, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, that was, the, <laughs> that was the dream that I wanted. Yeah, go start my own business, lose a lot, not make a lot of money. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes living the dream is not making money for a while and you need to find alternative mm -hmm. ways. So you need to either save up a whole bunch of cash or, yeah. you know, take out a loan. Mm -hmm. um, or you know, get investment from family, friends, and fools. And this is a, a mm. common saying in the investment community: is that the first people that will invest in your idea is family, friends, and fools. Mm. Because often a new idea, you know, eighty percent or a stat like that of small businesses fail within the first two to five years. Yeah. Right. So you know, going out there, some, starting something new is very, very difficult. But that's part of living the dream. And sometimes we need to try it a few times before we get it right. But I think to your point earlier, we've got to overcome that fear, yeah. right? But there are ways to manage money. It's good financial management to actually put some aside to yeah. actually go and chase your dream. But I tell you what, the worst thing is actually living with regret. Exactly. Right? And living in stuckness, right? Where you're actually doing that thing and never actually have tried going out and chasing the dream. And I feel that would be the biggest failure of life that uh, personally, I couldn't live with that, right? I need to go out and try that, yeah. that new thing. Yeah. No, I've heard the saying they said that hell is actually a reflection of everything that you could have been, but you just didn't take the step to go forward and grab that opportunity. Mm. So like what you said, if you're going to live with regret, it's going to be a terrible life. Yeah. 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 Because you can't turn back time and be like, oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I had done this. So like a lot of successful people say that the 
the number one step to achieving success is actually going ahead and taking that risk because you never know what the outcome is. You could achieve it, you could go bust, but the likelihood of you achieving it, if you put in the hours, the dedication, the hard work, you're definitely going to achieve it because I, I feel the way this whole world, the whole universe works in a sense that uh, it recognizes hard work. So if you're in there grinding your ass day and night, you will be rewarded. Yeah. It's not a matter of like whether you're lucky or not. Maybe luck comes into like certain aspects, but at the end of the day, it all boils down to hard work. Whether you have it in you to go out there and grind your ass off day after day after day. Do you have it in you or not? That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I think that's so so true long term, right? Mm. Is that, you know, you, you've got to put in that, that hard work. And very often we see the celebrities, <laughs> uh, you know, achieving success really quickly in life. That's not yeah. happened for me, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, so this is really, this is a really interesting concept around, you know, hard work and, and putting that in because hard work actually, you know, I kind I, I believe in the, the concept of hard work and I also I, I don't, and I'll explain what that means. So part of it is, I do believe you've got to go out there and actually um, put the action, take the actions, put the steps in place and overcome fears yeah. to achieve your goals. What I don't believe in is actually grueling hard work that you lose every other aspect of your life. Mm. Okay, I, I do not believe in that. And sometimes I see in cultures in Asia, yeah. particularly, where they force you to work for very long hours and it becomes this false um, uh, sort of sense of hardship right everyone's trying to show how hard their life is yeah. like oh my god oh i i worked until 11 o'clock today you know my boss is terrible and blah blah whereas sometimes it's true sometimes you actually chose to work until 11 o'clock at night today mm -hmm. and it wasn't actually something you had to do right so and and so they take these extra long lunches and just <laughs> to show like they take a two-hour lunch just so they can stay in the office until like you know, six or seven, you know, eight, 11 o'clock at night yeah. when they could have actually finished up earlier. So I think there's mm. an efficiency thing there mm. that, you know, an efficiency tricks that people can learn. Yeah. But I think part of success in life is to also make sure that, you know, you've got that balance of success, yeah. right? So for me, success is about at least seven elements, okay? Mm. It's a success in career, wealth, relationships, mental health, mm -hmm. um, physical health, Yep. Um, spiritual health uh, and the last one is also your environment right mm. so having the environment and and success is actually balancing all of that yeah. because you know coming back to your point about regret one of the biggest things and, and most people are chasing fame or money exactly okay so let's go ask people who are the most successful billionaires in the world mm -hmm. which I have and and I've read about and I've spoken to them and the people who are most famous in the world that I've spoken to them and the two biggest regrets that I have in, that they have in their 60s and 70s, these billionaires, is health and relationships, mm, yeah, right? right? So a lot of them actually didn't look after their health, so they're smoking, they're drinking, uh, doing drugs, they're partying, um, and they lost a lot of their health and their ability and, mm. and their mental health as a result. And a lot of them also lost their families, their friends, uh, loved ones, and broke down the relationship you know, the number of billionaires that you see, one, one Gina Reinhardt is a, one of the richest people in Australia, mm -hmm. and she's in a legal uh, battle for the last sort of decade or so with her four children, oh, right? Over splitting the proceeds of her profit. So, you know, you ask yourself, is that the life that you want? You know, mm -hmm. do you want to be a super successful billionaire, yeah. but also then not have a good relationship with your children? 
Like, where, where is the love? Where is the love? Yeah. Right? And so it's really, really important that I think, you know, you've got to have relationships and love that, that that's got to be a key part of success in life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then the money and the, the career and all that is it, just part, the, the elements of success, mm. but they're not the total well-rounded success. Mm-hmm. And this is what people forget when they, they talk about successful uh, leaders, successful celebrities and so on. They yeah. forget all these other elements that you need to be successful at. You're right. We're so focused yeah. on this fame and wealth, you know. We're just yeah. looking to accumulate that. We, we, like you said, we completely forgot about relationships, the environment, things yeah. like that. Because like since I've started my career, I feel that uh, the time I have with my family, my girlfriend, my friends have drastically reduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel I'm doing a good job in the corporate side of things. But when I look at the other things like family and relationships, I feel the time that's being spent with them is lacking. So, but in a way, because I know that I chose to do this and this is one of the constraints that I'm going to face, I'm going to face a lack of time with my friends and family. It makes me appreciate more. So even if I'm having breakfast with my family for this half an hour, I'm trying my best to make the most of that half an hour mm-hmm. because I know this is all I got, so I got to make the best of it. And because I chose to go into this field and I know, look, hours are going to be long, you're going to need to work hard, blah, blah, blah. And I accept it. So I don't think I can complain about it. And I think that it's it's something that everyone should look forward to. And like you said, how there's so many aspects of success. We're so brainwashed to think that unless you've got a nice car, a big house, a beautiful wife, yep, you're successful. Yeah. But like you said, relationship, that, that is something very important. You want to go back home at the end of the day, whether it's a big house or a small house. You want to go back home to a house that's full of love. Yeah. You want people to be happy that, that you're coming home. You don't want to walk into your house and then people go, oh man, this fella's back again. You mm-hmm. know, you want your kids to be running up to you and saying, Papa, Mommy, or whatever. Yeah. You want to feel that love at the end of the day. Yeah. So now talking about success and the goals and we want to achieve, people say that you got to set goals, you got to have big dreams. Is there actually a difference between goals and dreams? Yeah, look, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, um, they can't, I feel like there is an overlap, right? Mm. So a dream is something that, um, you know, it's something, an ambition, something that you want to achieve or a state of being that you want to be with yeah. and so on. Uh, goals are more um, uh, defined. So I feel, I feel like goals are something that you clearly set. Mm-hmm. So an example of a dream might be that, you know, uh, I want to be, um, I want to be the, the most famous talk show host in America, yeah. for example. That could be a dream, but that could also be a goal, mm. right? So a goal could be that, you know, I want to be on the ABC talk show by 2019 or, yeah. or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So a goal could be steps on the way to mm. uh, the bigger dream, right? Okay. Where the dream is a, is a very big goal. Yeah. I think very often people haven't actually clarified Exactly. what their dreams are and they have actually haven't clarified what their goals are mm. right so in, in my my behavior you know i tend to set you know very clear goals uh 90 day goals um as well as uh, annual goals i would do that as part of the business but i do that as part of life as well so all the elements of life uh from love relationships family and all i have goals specific goals for each one of them mm-hmm. i set them every year i refresh them every year so for every element i'm making sure that I'm tracking well according to my life. And I've done tests. Um, um, there's a sort of a, um, a really good course called Lifebook run by a company called Mind Valley. It's really interesting. You should check it out. I think they were doing it, giving it away for free for a while. But Lifebook actually covers, I think, go down to 12 aspects of life. Yeah. And I actually did their test 
um, the initial assessment test. And I think the maximum score was 130. And I, I scored like 120 or something. Oh, like, wow. So I was already kind of like off the charts. But to be <laughs> honest, that, that's taken like five years of serious work. In fact, probably mm. seven years of serious work in life planning. Yeah. Right? Where I've actually set up my life plan. I articulated it. It's on a, a PowerPoint. I, I looked at it. I look at it every every year or two or three times a year. I track my activities according yeah. to the life plan. In fact, I, I actually do it more often now. I probably review it every two to three weeks now right. and make sure that I've got activities in place see, to see. actually manage all the different elements of life. So mm. if you think about, you know, for me, family is probably number one. Apart mm. from health, family is my number one area of priority. Not wealth, not um, some of these other things. So family is number one. And if you think about it, like when I'm in my business, which is really important to me, I have meetings yeah. to make my business successful. I have order, I have structure. Mm. But when you're trying to make your family successful, why don't we have meetings? Yeah, right. right? Why don't we have family meetings mm. to actually try and organize our family and talk about issues that are difficult and challenging exactly. and help other members of the family overcome them, right? Yeah. So some of the practices that we know how to do to be successful in some area of life, we don't apply to other areas. You're right, you're right. Agree, have you yeah. noticed that as well? I know, because I don't think me and my family have ever had a, a meeting to say, you know, most of the time we're just sitting down, we're having dinner, we're talking about what's up, but we're never actually tackling any issues that, that we may face at that time. Yeah. Whereas like in the office, we're having meetings every day. Yeah. And these are with people we, we've just met or exactly. we've known like this for a few years, but then we have such good communication because we have a job to do yeah. and we want to execute the job to like 100%. Yeah. So we're having that constant communication. So I think having family meetings is something that will definitely promote better communication and relationships. And like they say, if you want to change the world, you've got to start at home. Yeah. So what better place to improve communication than by starting at home. Talking about dreams and goals as well and how you mentioned that uh, you, you need to have a review. So like I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was growing up from the ages of um, probably 10 to 17, my dream or my goal was basically to be a doctor. That is also probably because I grew up in a typical Slonish family whereby majority of everyone is a doctor, almost everyone is a doctor and then you have a small group of engineers and maybe two or three accountants. <laughs> so like every family meeting you go to, everyone's talking about the latest development in medicine, oh, you know, cancer disease, HIV, that. Right. So as a kid, you're just, this is the only thing that you're listening to and you, you want to be a part of this team so badly that, that you're just willing to think, oh, you know what, if I'm a doctor, I fit in nicely, right, right you know, it's the right piece to the family. Yeah. But then... As I, as I finished high school and then I started college and everything, I realized like, look, medicine is definitely not going to work out for me. It's not my cup of tea at all. I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. And I went, ventured into law and I'm really happy with that decision. But I feel that there are people who would feel that, look, if they set the goal for being a doctor, that's the only thing they want to do. Whether uh, at times it might be really hard to achieve that, whether it's finance or whether it's a lack of interest, but because they feel like I have to be a doctor to make my family proud and to and to be a valuable member to society or whatever, they're so fixated on achieving that one goal, which is an example of this to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, that it's right for us to, to maybe, as you said, review, but to have a drastic change? Yeah, I, th I, think, I think that's it. And I just want to say that, you know, we've got a few minutes to go left on the show. So um, if you're enjoying the show, if you're finding some wisdom bombs, if you're, you know, uh, really enjoying Vishal's uh, uh, insights, please share this with your friends at the moment. Uh, because we've just got a few minutes left on the show. I'd love to have your comments, any questions that you want to ask. We might be able to address them in the next couple of minutes. But Vishal's question was uh, really around, um, you know, trying to fit in and how do I actually fit in with a group, whether that's a family group or so on. 
that uh, when I'm not really sure if that's the right thing for me. Is that your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I think, I think, look, you've got to be true and authentic. And this whole show is about <laughs> being authentic and unfamous. Yeah. And, and, um, and really, I think you've got to be true to yourself mm. uh, in terms of where you want to be. And if, and if you're trying to join a group, and I know I've, I've had groups of friends where I don't spend, uh, I don't spend any time with them anymore, yeah. or I spend less time with them anymore because they're not really aligned to where I want to go, mm. right? And you have to make some of these hard decisions yeah. and actually say, look, you know, I'm not getting as much out of this conversation or this particular group, I, and, and this is where I want to go in life. These are my clear goals, and I want to achieve that. And I think you kind of identified that law was more suitable for you than medicine. Yeah. And so that took courage to go down that path. Yeah. And I, I would strongly encourage people to actually have the courage to go and try something. Mm. You know, a lot of people have this attitude of, I will be happy when. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I will be happy when I become a doctor. Mm. Right? I will be happy when I become a professional football player. I will be happy when I achieve a million dollars, right? So I'm not saying don't go out and set those targets because having those targets are, are useful mm. and they're directional as to where you want to go. But the joy is in the journey, not the destination. Exactly. Right? You have to be enjoying the process of getting somewhere because most of us are a work in progress and we're in a process all the time, right? And I've achieved many of my goals that I've achieved over the years. I've become a doctor, I've started my own company, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I can tell you, after a few days of achieving that goal, you just go, hmm. What's next? What's next? <laughs> What's my next goal? And you spend years achieving that goal, right? When I graduated as a doctor, and it lasted maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. And then you're, you're on to, you know, trying to figure out what the next what the next thing is, right? Into the next one. Yeah, so you have to enjoy the process of, of, of what you want to do yeah. and, and that goal and, and enjoy the process of, you know, whether that's law, whether that's start having a family, having a child, uh, whether that's, you know, retiring in peace, going on a holiday. You've got to actually enjoy that process um, to, to, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And if you're not doing it, yes, you need to shift, right? You need to shift your goal. So I look at my Ikigai, as I said, I look at it and review it every six months minimum yeah. that's a big term goal whereas the small goals um you know the 90-day goals like i said we review uh on a week-to-week -week basis as well uh and that's what you know helps uh helps uh, achieve a vision we're coming to the end of the show michelle yeah and uh i'm hoping that everybody out there i'm, I'm seeing people still join in <laughs> uh, thanks so much for uh showing your support i do want to respect the time of the the people that invite if you really like the show so our, our goal was to actually have uh, a thousand viewers of this show uh, over the next you know few uh, days and weeks so we've recorded it a whole bunch of people have signed in which is totally fantastic I really want to thank everyone who's uh, tuned in today but we also want to you know look at you know doing more of these episodes so if you did enjoy this uh, please post some comments please share this with your friends so we can uh, reach those thousand people uh, so we can know that um, you know this has been valuable to you and it's worth us uh, doing this again. Vishal, have you got any final uh, comments for the group? Um, well, I mean, it's an honor to be here. And, and I enjoy sharing. And especially being here with you, you're sort of like my life guru. <laughs> As you <laughs> said, dropping wisdom bombs left, right, and center. So it's a, it's a great learning experience for me. And I hope that uh, everyone out there has felt the same and just didn't think that was one blabbering about nonsense. And uh, I hope there's a take-home message for everyone today because that's the most important thing. We're here to share and help each other out. Yeah, and the real, the real reason we did this is so, you know, we could help people 
um, from from a relatively easy, low budget kind of production level. Who knows where this might go in the future? But the main thing is that you know um, you guys actually have got value. You've learned something, uh, and and please feed that back to us because that's what drives us to actually do more of this in the future. And uh, as I said, we we'll, we will. Our aim is to. We figure out the technology, uh, um, uh, take this video and put it on YouTube uh, and create a YouTube channel that then people can watch uh, later down the line as well. So I really hope that um, you know you guys uh, get involved, give us support, uh, but most importantly that this has been value to you as well. So thank you very much for your time. It's now coming close to that one hour. We shall any yeah. final comments to the audience? Uh, maybe one last question. So we spoke okay. about career and success and how we achieve these things, you know, we've got to work hard and whatnot. But um, besides the whole physical aspect of achieving success, what about the mental aspect? Is there anything we can do to sharpen up here or to increase our drive and energy to, to achieve this? Yeah, look, I think that that opens up that whole topic of uh, mental health, physical health and so on. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, uh, you, you mentioned that, that thing earlier, which is meditation, yeah. right? You are a frequent meditator. I meditate once or twice a day. I would say if there's one thing that I do that's made a world of difference in terms of my mental performance, it's been meditation, yep. right? And I just really, I only started out by sitting in silence for five minutes mm. a day, five minutes. Yeah. And I did that for a few months, just sitting in silence at the start of my day. So I woke up, I wake up at sort of 6.37 in the morning by about eight, uh, after I have my breakfast, I sit for five minutes yeah. in silence. And that five minutes alone, I found, made a difference to the whole day, mm. right? And I kept that up for about a year, and then I expanded. So now I do about 30 minutes in the morning, and sometimes I'll do about 10 yeah. to 20 minutes at night as well. But that's how I've built up my life. And you find that a lot of people actually do, uh, do you know, an hour, an hour and a half yeah. meditation, and they're extremely su successful. Because mm. something happens when you meditate, which is a lot of life starts to get organized yeah, itself yeah. and you actually eliminate a lot of stress. So mm. your focus and your concentration increases. There's a lot of scientific evidence behind this. I'm not just talking woo-woo bullshit <laughs> here. A lot of scientific evidence around your, your power, concentration and focus. Yes, so yes. We, and, and we, we, don't, we underestimate the amount of time that we switch tasks. Yeah. Every day, right? So you're, you're working on something, then someone calls you, and then you get your WhatsApp notifications, mm -hmm. and then your Facebook notifications. So I turn off all my notifications. I see. Right? Because task switching causes us, every time we switch tasks, we lose seven seconds. Oh. Every time. So you add that up by about a few thousand tasks, which yeah. is every day, you lose a lot of time. You're right. Right? So meditating helps me focus more, turning off uh, notifications mm -hmm. uh, from my phones and all that, so they're silent notifications, I'm not looking at the phone all the time, uh, that helps me focus more as well. So those things have actually dramatically in increased my productivity, right, over time. But I'd say if there's one thing that I would do, it's to sit in silence um, for five minutes and just observe your breathing uh, for five minutes. That's the simplest thing that was a game changer for me. There's yeah. lots of other things that we could uh, go into, but yeah. maybe if, if, the, if the audience wants then we can go into that at the next show. Yeah, definitely. You've said it well enough, and okay. uh, I think it was clear. Okay, yeah, yeah. awesome. Vishal, thanks very much for it's joining on the show. Excellent. Thanks very much to the audience for tuning in. Sorry if you've just tuned in. Uh, as I said, we will put this up on YouTube. Um, so please share this uh, with friends. As I said, we do want to try and hit a thousand viewers of the show um, over the next few weeks, just to prove that you know this has actually added value and it's worth doing again uh, for your benefit. Thanks, everyone. Lots of love. Big love from me, Dr. Avi. 
And a lot of love from me as well, Vishal Yogaratnam. Okay. Peace out. Bye from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and we'll see you in the next episode um, of Authentic and Unfamous Show. Bye for now. <laughs>